a member of the Bullet Club, uh, who is definitely one of the people who is changing the world of professional wrestling. Uh, Marty Skrull is going to join us in just a moment. Um, I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> I, I really had a great time meeting him. Um, and then we tried to get this podcast together, and we were supposed to do it a day before, but um, apparently he has a new puppy and uh, had a few issues with the puppy. Apparently, uh, this new member of the family uh, ate a lizard. Yeah, and he ended up having to take this uh, little guy to the vet. But uh, it's all good, as you're about to find out. So let's get right to it. My conversation with the villain, Marty Skrull. Ding, ding, ding. So how's the pup? Pup's fine. Into- yeah, pup's fine. He's just, uh, at the moment, just biting everything. He hasn't really got much teeth, but he uh, <laughs> he's just putting everything in his mouth. So, uh, yeah, he got hold of a gecko yesterday and started puking and we got a bit worried. So took him to the vet, so he's fine. So they're giving him some stuff to feed him to kind of hopefully stop him from chewing on everything. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But he's fine. He's just having a nap now, actually. With the girlfriend so <laughs> what kind of a dog is it a he's pup. like a um well he's a he's a mixed chihuahua we think it's a, uh-huh. a mixed chihuahua with a jack russell but he doesn't look anything like a chihuahua but they also didn't know um they, they never saw the dad so they're just assuming it's a jack russell terrier but it doesn't look anything like a chihuahua so yeah, yeah. He's, that, he's like a, he's a mixed breed that's what happened to me too i i my oh, dog really? yeah they told me that they never saw the father I'm like oh don't worry he's gonna be maybe 50 60 pounds uh, Finnegan uh, weighs 105. Oh, my Lord. He, I call him the beast. Yeah. So, How would you find that then? That must be hard work. Oh, God, he's a monster. <laughs> but he's a lap dog, well, so he's the sweetest thing. It's so funny. People come into the house, you know, and he just runs up. He wants to say, and they're like, freak out. Oh, my God. I'm like, you're right, no, no, yeah. believe me. He'll lick you to death. It's the worst he can well, do. Uh, yeah, Winston. He's he's, only, he's he's tiny at the moment. He's nine weeks. So, uh, but you know, they said he shouldn't get too much bigger. So we'll see. But you know, at the moment he's he's manageable. But uh, no, it's quite exciting for us. It's our, our first dog. So uh, yeah, it's been an exciting few days. <laughs> well, tell him to stay away from the geckos. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's hundreds <laughs> of them around here. But yeah, I would do. <laughs> All right, let's get right into this. Uh, sure, Marty. It's been an exciting uh, last week for both of us. Uh, you especially, as we come. Uh, Come off the all-in event, and of course, Starcast, which was just fantastic. I went into this not really knowing what to expect, Marty, and I, I, I imagine even though you knew what was going on as far as uh, you saw, you know, Cody and the Young Bucks putting this together. But what, what are your overall thoughts right now? Just kind of uh, having it set in after you've gotten away a couple of days here. Yeah, I mean, it's taken me a good two or three days to recover. To be honest with you, because be yeah. <laughs> such a such an overwhelming uh, week, such an overwhelming experience uh obviously with you know starcast in the week and then and the new event itself um so yeah i think i, I think generally coming out of it the the feedback has just been very very positive and i think it's mm. it's been like a it's almost like a celebration of pro wrestling i feel uh kind of it's that same kind of similar vibe to a to a wrestlemania or a, a wrestle kingdom in um in japan but uh no it's, it's been very positive you know bringing all the all the fans together from all over the world and uh, putting on this event. And uh, this event, I mean, 
even though that the figureheads and, and the poster guys were, uh, you know, uh, like you mentioned, Cody and the Young Bucks, uh, I don't think they'd mind me saying that, you know, myself and, and Kenny and Hangman Page were all, were all a big part of it as well. So we all yeah. kind of threw in our ideas to the hat, you know, from, from, from the very start of it, you know, on where we should run and, you know, and then who we should book and what matches should happen and what, you know, surprises should happen. So we all had a massive part of it, uh, you know, going into the show. And being such a big part of that sort of creative decisions and everything else and then watching it unfold the weekend and you know seeing the reactions and how the crowd reacted to different things it was really rewarding for us because you know we're all we're all boys we all travel together all the time and yeah. you know i'm sure all wrestlers do it they always they always sit back and they say oh you know in the car we'll book the territory and you know if it was my way i'd do this and we should do that and this was basically our vision of how a wrestling show should go and how you know we'd like wrestling to be so uh to actually get a chance to do it uh and you know having the response being so positive that it is, it's been super rewarding. Um, but obviously it's kind of on to the next thing now. It's kind of, like I said, I've had my few days to recover. You can tell from my voice, I've been a bit worn out and that obviously yeah. happens when you, because like most nights I couldn't sleep there and I was up every day in the morning and I was so busy doing meet and greets and events and everything else. It just, uh, yeah, it runs you down a little bit. But um, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a super rewarding uh, experience. You know, it was what was really amazing to me is just seeing the mix of, like you said, to see it all come together kind of the way you envisioned. But what really blew me away was uh, the connection between uh, the boys and uh, the other people involved. Of course, there are a lot of ladies involved in this too, but, uh, you know, people from the business. And then the fans there. I, I You know, and I've been around uh, a lot of events, a lot of events, especially when I was with the WWF and WWE. But I tell you, I've never seen... Uh, such a connection where, you know, a lot of the guys are walking around and they're just talking to people and these meet and greets. And the lines were moving so slowly because there was such an engagement. And I, I think that that is one of the reasons that I think we saw a seismic shift in, in the professional wrestling world uh, this past weekend. Who knows where it's going to go, but it, it really, I think the, the shockwaves are being felt, uh, you know, all over the world with all of these organizations. And, and do you think that that was uh, what was special about this? And, and you've, you guys have been doing this for a while, but to see it really come together at this event. Right. Yeah. It's uh, I think that, that that's a big part of it. The reason why I think we sold out so quickly is because of that connection with the audience. And it's funny because we do, um, you know, we're all at the moment, we're all contracted with uh ring of honor and before every ring of honor shows we do like meet and greets kind of like we did at starcast mm -hmm. and i always get fans tweet me just saying oh we can't wait to meet you we can't wait to meet you and it's it seems like that's a bigger part for them than coming to actually watch the the show you know that's the, yeah that's the big part for them so they, the the bosses sometimes joke you know oh you know it's a it's a bullet club meet and greet and then there's like a little show afterwards for them to watch as well. <laughs> you know, like the important thing for the fans to come meet us. And I think, I mean, that's kind of why we, we, we run the YouTube show as well. We wanted to, we realize it's super hard to, uh, you know, wrestling is completely built upon that relationship and that connection with the audience. Because if you don't have that, then it's yeah. just two guys, in, in, you know, in their underwear beating each other up, you know. Right. You, you need that connection to make people to make them feel something, you know, to have that emotional connection, and whether that be to make them laugh, to make them scream, to make them cry, to make them jump up and enjoy. Um, so we've always been super 
we've always got you know concentrating on having that connection with the audience that's why we do a youtube show and that every single week people get to watch us for 15 20 minutes you know in our day-to-day lives or doing whatever we're doing and i feel like that um helps it helps people resonate with us more it helps people care about us more and they go do you know what you know we like these guys we want to you know we want to go pay for a ticket to see them wrestle we want to buy their shirt we want to pay to meet them um so yeah i'd say that was a a super uh, important part of why this act uh, and you know this whole week is going to work is that is that connection with the audience and uh, it's funny a while back we um myself and uh, the young bucks are doing a meet and greet in um i want to say connecticut i think it was somewhere around there and um mick foley was there as well and he came up to us and i guess there were so many people wearing like uh young bucks t-shirts and villain club shirts or bullet club shirts and he came up to us and said yeah. listen guys he said he goes i've never seen anything like this he goes i i, I was I, I was there for the austin era and uh this might just top it like it's i've never seen anything like it since so uh yeah, it was pretty cool. So only when he said that, I was like, wow, like, damn, maybe we have made a, a bit of an impression. <laughs> no, I, and I think, Marty, if you were to, if someone were to ask me what I thought the number one uh, element to this and why it worked and why it was magic is exactly that. It's that connection that you guys have with your audience, with your fans. And, right. and uh, that goes from what you've, uh, you know, developed, what Cody's been doing, the Young Bucks, the list goes on and on of these guys that are these these up and comers in the world and um i really want to get into that but i one one thing i always love to do on this podcast is i'm always fascinated by everyone's journey and uh i hope that i have this correct i mean you were born in in 88 which by the way was the my first year with the wwf oh wow (laughs) (laughs) but uh you you were born in littleport or you grew up in littleport cambridgeshire is that's right yeah cambridgeshire that's that's correct uh, yeah so tell me a little bit about uh you know you're growing up yeah well uh <laughs> so we grew up in a uh, in a small uh sort of town was well, actually a village in cambridgeshire and uh my parents divorced very very early so my mother brought up just myself and my uh my older brother is two years older than me so you know we didn't she was a single parent looking after us both and she didn't have uh you know a lot of money or whatnot um so we were you uh, hellions well so we went over i feel like my mum often reminds me, like after my parents' divorce, we were living in a camper van for a while in my uh, auntie's garden. Um, wow. So, but my mother, she always, God bless her, she always sort of, you know, bent over backwards and did everything to make sure we, uh, you know, we had what we what we did. Um, yeah, but we, we were definitely not very well off because I remember as a kid uh, going to someone else's house and they had like uh, cans of uh, Coca-Cola in the fridge. And to me, as a five-year-old, whoever I was, I assumed that they must be rich if they had that in their fridge. You know what I mean? Like that's how <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah, that's perspective. Back. Right <laughs> in my head, I was like, "My God!" It blew my mind. I was like, "They must be minted." Um, so, and, and they actually had a house, they right. had a camper. So yeah, they probably did seem <laughs> right. So uh, no, and my mum at the time, the way I got into wrestling was actually uh, funny because it was never. You know, it pushed upon me. Um, my mother at the time was working in like a in a household where she looked after uh, patients with disability, like older patients with uh, sort of yeah. mental disabilities. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I wasn't at school, it was the weekends or it was summer holidays, my mom would take me to work with her. And being a you know house full of old people, there's nothing for me to do. But there was a TV in the living room, and, uh, and obviously daytime TV in the UK is not you know great for 
for uh, for children but they had loads of v- videos vhs's and uh-huh. uh all the vhs's they were either horror movies which i was too scared to watch or they were wrestling videos so <clears throat> i started watching these wrestling videos and some of them were, were the, the old british wrestling and then there was you know some old wf videos like royal rumble 91 or whatever it was and, and basically ah. that's how i got into wrestling so i started watching that and it was just instantly i must have been five years old i was watching the wrestling I was jumping up and down the sofa and literally there and then I was like, I want to be a wrestler, <laughs> like five yeah. years old. So, uh, of course, you're a huge fan of uh, myself and, and Lord Alfred Hayes. Oh, then. of course. Uh, oh. I, I, <laughs> God rest his soul, Lord Alfred Hayes, yes. Absolutely. Oh, God, I loved him. A fellow British I, man. <laughs> yes. You know, and Marty, I wish you would have had the chance to beat uh, his lordship. You would have loved I would him. love to have done, yeah, I yeah. would love to have done. Uh, but no, so it just, it, just, it just took off from there and... Uh, like I said, it was never pushed upon me. Um, mm-hmm. I just became obsessed with it, and uh, and my uh, mother just always assumed it would be a uh, kind of a phase I'd grow out of, and just you know, year by year, my kind of love for it kind of grew. And uh, it was funny because it it seems such a it, it just seems such a far fetched thing when, when in my head it was like I want to be a wrestler. And it, being in coming from a village in England, it, everything just seemed so far away if that makes sense like this idea of like uh ideal america it just seemed like such a oh absolutely like yeah. i couldn't even you know uh, that imagine it you couldn't even yeah grab the concept of it do you know what i mean i just it, yeah it just seemed such a far-fetched thing but no uh yeah i just became uh, obsessed with it and uh yeah <laughs> so did you just start you started seeing the, the uh, of course they had uh wrestling over there and in independent yeah. organizations so what was your first exposure, and then how did you actually start getting in the ring? So we, I, we, the UK is a pretty bizarre place. Like we, <laughs> we, I don't know if you're. Well, I guess it doesn't really happen anywhere else in the world. But like tribute bands are a real big thing here. So like you, well, in the UK, sorry, maybe not so much now. But back when I was younger, like you could go see. Oh, it's the tribute Beatles or the tribute uh-huh. to the Who or, or whatever it would be, and they do covers and whatnot. Anyway. Uh-huh. At the time in the UK, wrestling, uh, the British wrestling had been taken off in TV, funny enough, in the year 1988 um, and pretty much gone, you know, it nearly died pretty much. Like most of the wrestlers quit after that and uh, the houses were very much down. Mm-hmm. But then during that kind of attitude era time or sort of mid 90s, wrestling started to get popular back in the UK, but from the American stuff. Um, so then the old British Marauders came back and run wrestling shows, but with like, tribute wrestlers so it'd be like come to watch you know all-star wrestling tonight with basically a fake undertaker and a fake cane and and you name it yeah yeah (laughs) very bizarre very bizarre (laughs) I think funny enough, actually, Wait, some uh, of them really bad. Some of them are awful, and some, <laughs> some of <laughs> you have to look back. If you look at the posters, they're so funny. But uh, oh man! But that's uh, so funny enough, actually. Um, Paige, who's in WWE, uh, her mm-hmm. dad, Ricky Knight, he's a sort of famous uh, British wrestler who's you know been around for a very long time. But he mm-hmm. he he used to play a part of. He was a tribute to a uh, hawk, I think it was from LOD. He was called the Legend of Doom, and um, he he always used to tell, tell us like, oh yeah, I used to make amazing paintings days back then doing the doing the LOD gimmick <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought it was hilarious but no so I remember going to watch these shows as a kid and just being you know I loved wrestling so I was just like yeah this is the best but yeah. at the same, same time being like uh it's not it's not, it's not quite right here like it's not you know again like seeing this for me was like an, an amazing experience and it just like I said earlier just the idea of actually 
anything to do with like American wrestling or it just seems such a far-fetched thing um so now I watched all these shows when I was a kid and I used to go quite regularly um and then years later when I was kind of uh sort of teenager um me and my friends went to a uh, like a WWE live event and um we I don't know there was like a massive queue waiting outside to get into uh, the venue and me and my friends just being kids like we are we just started like wrestling on on the grass with each other you know just being idiots just yeah. you know putting ch- each other in sharpshooters and you know whatever jumping up the tree just being idiots basically uh, next thing you know like there's about 200 people in que- in the queue but they're all kind of you know chanting for us and cheering for us and uh, <laughs> basically having my first professional wrestling match in yeah. <laughs> outside that's when you got event. the bug you got yeah, it, got lit it. <laughs> so, play in the crowd right so we're working i'm gene up the crowd you know they're going wild yeah. and uh anyway after that we did that and then uh someone came up to me and uh, said hey listen uh if you guys actually want to wrestle mate it wasn't anyone from WWE, trust me but yeah. <laughs> someone came up to say if you want to go wrestle uh i know a wrestling school in um essex so uh you know maybe you should email them rather than uh doing it outside on the yeah, grass. They're getting so, grass uh, stains, yeah. <laughs> right. So he gave me a, a contact uh, for a wrestling school, which is about an hour and 30 minutes from my house. And uh, yeah, I pestered my, my mum enough and uh, God bless her. She uh, would take me down every week to uh, to learn how to wrestle. So now, was, that, was that drop kicks? That was with, drop kicks wrestling academy, Ryan, yeah. 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 Mm. And so, I mean, was it a, a, a decent school? Uh, a lot of people don't know um, uh, what what it's like over there to, to try and train and, and learn yeah it was like the, the thing is the drop kicks it was very uh it was a it was a well-known school and it produced a lot of talent but it was very um we did a lot of shoot fighting and a lot of amateur wrestling and we were pretty much only taught old school british wrestling stuff which i loved like it's fantastic um but that was pretty much solely what we were taught so yeah. i remember like it, it would have been like I was probably already there for about six weeks until I even learned how to run the ropes or anything like that because we were so it was so ground based, so based on on sort of the technical wrestling aspect and everything else. But um, I had a great time there. I used to love it, and it produced a lot of good wrestlers. Um, myself, uh, but Nick Aldis, who was on the show, uh, oh, yeah. obviously mm-hmm. he came from there, so we came up through together. Um, yeah. Stu Bennett, or sorry, um, Wade Barrett, you know, obviously. Yeah, he's in WWE and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. Another guy, Danny Birch, who's uh, Martin Stone's NXT now, and uh, it came. A whole bunch of guys came from the school, so uh, no, it was um, very fond years back then. But it was just a weekly training, and I went there for a good couple of years, and uh, yeah, that's how I got my start in the business. So, what was the what you would call a break uh, to where you actually started? Uh, you know. I, I, I guess got paid for the first time and then <laughs> yeah and where well, it went from there because you work for a lot of promotions over there oh yeah um i mean there's a lot of wrestling in the uk but uh i mean it, it varies because back then when i first started um i ended up working funny enough for the company uh that i talked about earlier um what i used to watch as a kid called uh, all-star wrestling they stopped doing tributes um but what they did do they used to run Again, this is going to sound like such a foreign concept to, uh, if you're not from the UK, but we have things in the UK called uh, holiday camps, which are essentially like holiday parks. I guess you compare it to uh, kind of like Disney, but... The theme but, parks. Kind of. Not really theme parks. <laughs> but like, kind of like Disney, but nowhere near as good. Like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely like, kind of the same concept, but nothing like it just uh, yeah but they're basically like a lot of them will have chalets or caravans people stay and then there'll be like a, 
you know, a centre building where they put on some live entertainment and um, you know, there's like arcades and stuff. But right. you know, at night time that might be music or there might be uh, a magic show or w- whatever it might be. But a big part of these holiday camps, um, a big cornerstone was their live wrestling shows. So if, and these holiday camps are all over the UK, like on, on, on every beach there's one. So, um, you know, there's hundreds of them. So the holiday camps would provide so much work for the boys because there was, you know, like I said, hundreds of camps and most of them would have one or two shows a week uh, mm. on the camps. So we would go away and we'd wrestle once, twice a day like every day for three months and you know travel over the uk i'd go away for three months and uh, wrestle every day and at the time when i started lots of guys from america and you know japan were coming over to the uk to wrestle so i remember my first big long run doing the camps guys like uh, daniel bryan were on the camps with me uh gangrel um chad collier all these great guys uh that was getting so much experience from wrestling every day so um yeah, you kind of learn how to, you know, perform, and and plus as well with these with these shows, they're not done for, um, you know, they're not aimed at wrestling fans. They're just sort of casual people who just happen to be on holiday and they go, oh, what's this wrestling? So the shows are very, very based on kind of character stuff and engaging the audience and getting them involved. Um, so that's probably why now I spent so long there. Why now I have such a <laughs> an over the top character. It probably came from from back then. I kind of learned my craft on the camps. But, so uh, did they, uh, Marty? Did they have uh, because you know everybody over here when you go to these even these small independents and these guys have their you know a gimmick that they come up with. Yeah. Uh, did they they have that the same there? And did you have a bunch of different gimmicks you tried, or were you always Marty Skrull? Um, I was yeah. To be honest with you, like the fun thing about the camps was <coughs> is you could pretty much do whatever you wanted and it didn't matter. Um, try something out. You just try stuff all the time. So yeah, yeah. in terms of All-Star, they used to change my name all the time. I'd come out to all sorts of different music and different name. But then, you know, a few years, years later, I'd have, um, I pretty much have my own camera on, which I was running myself. So, you know, we just used to, you could have fun with it. It didn't matter. Nothing was serious. So I, we, we'd have a CD for our interest music's, and I'd be like, oh, I fancy coming out to Gangrel's music today. I'm going to do that. Or, you know, <laughs> or, uh, I'm going to be the, the suntan Superman today. And, I, you know, find a costume, put it on or just loads of silly stuff. We, we just always mess around. So it, it, for that, you know, or put on a mask that I'm going to be like, I don't know, one time we put on a mask and uh, and tights. Like, I'm going to be the uh, French stallion and come out and speak in a French accent. And just, just loads of silly stuff like that. So it was all... You know, none of it really mattered. It was, you know, as long as it was an entertaining show. Um, so I was, yeah, I used to toy with different characters and stuff all the time. And in the, the, like I said, we weren't afraid to, to, to try different stuff out. So uh, we did that a lot. And to be honest with you, it was, um, we were never really paid that great, but it was constant work. So I was kind of, you know, working to live and living to work and just, uh, I was getting by being on the road. Um, but yeah, in terms of my big break, I, I guess because uh, I was in the UK for a long time uh, and Europe uh, mm-hmm. but maybe my big break was probably when um, uh, the company in, uh, in California called uh, PWG which is, has like a a really big fan base sort of all over the world despite the fact that it just runs very small shows in Reseda in California mm-hmm. uh, you know in front of maybe four or five hundred people but uh, it has such a big buzz and such a huge presence you know on the internet and, and through dvd sales so uh, yeah 2014 was it? i think they they flew me over for their for their big tournament um i think it was 
was it then or it might be in 15 i can't remember now mm. but yeah basically that was i mean i've been wrestling a long long time before this but uh i'd say coming over to america for the first time for uh pwg was probably when the, the kind of whole wrestling world kind of kind of saw me but actually saying, take notice yeah actually to honestly maybe my break was pretty actually maybe just before that i um sorry had been wrestling for a long time and i was normally a good guy um and then i got injured and uh i i basically uh broke my uh, ac joint in my shoulder mm. so i took about two or three months off and during that time was basically when i came up with the uh with the villain character that was kind of because i was like this time off okay i could sit here i could be upset but no let's try and come up with something new let's come back with you know with a big bang and uh you know try and make an impression you know if i'm not in the mm -hmm. top wrestling world now i must be doing something wrong so let's try and come up with something and that's where i came up with the whole uh villain character and uh my move set and, and, and everything else um and that was probably actually what gave me my kind of bigger break in in, in pro wrestling yeah, and I really uh, want to get into that too, where uh, things really started to change for you. But I, I, I want to take a quick time out here, uh, Marty, to uh, mention one of our great sponsors here on Prime Time with Sean Mooney, uh, my bookie. Are you a wagering man at all, Marty, or uh, a like a gamble? Oh no, my uh, I try not to. Every now and then I indulge in Vegas. My, yeah. Nick Jackson, he lives to gamble. He gambles every day. Well. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, you know, ever since I started this podcast and, uh, you know, the fact that I worked in sports for so long, people are always asking me, hey, uh, who do you like in the game this week? You know, and I, really, I have, I'm not good at that. No. But I'll tell you, if you're one of those people who are in the know, you know the game, no matter what it is, and uh, you think you know who's going to win, you've got to check out my bookie. And remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Of all the bets you're going to make, they are your best bet this season. Now, they've been in the business for years. Uh, they have great reviews online. Just check them out on their mobile site, and it's really, really easy to use. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win. Guess what? They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. That's right. So... Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Now, let me explain that. My bookie will match your first deposit 100% up to $1,000. Just use promo code Mooney, M-O-O-N-E-Y, to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Mooney when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. And Marty, let's talk about when you really started getting paid. Uh, tell me about the evolvement of the villain. How did that all come about? Because that's when you took off. Yeah, I. Um, it's funny. I, I just, like I said, I took this time off after I had myself. And it's funny, um, Steve Austin uh, would always say, oh, you only learn how to, to work after you get injured. And I never really understood what he meant and i kind of not not suggesting i could work now but i kind right. of i i got it like afterwards yeah. like yeah so uh yeah. I, I i kind of started to uh i kind of get it now but uh yeah. no i took that time off and i just I, i'd been i'd been wrestling for quite a long time and you know i've had some frustrations and uh i had a bit of a i had a it was you know i did a little spell in tna for a cup of coffee which was a bit of a flop um yeah. and so you know you get a bit disheartened and everything else and and I was just thinking, you know, what can I do? What can I do to stand out? I was thinking, you know, 
in my head when you're younger it's like oh what moves can i do to stand out and everything else how can i but then i was looking at myself i was like marty you, you know you're not going to be able to out flip this guy or do that you know you know you're mm-hmm. not you're not six to five or anything else you need to work to your strengths and you need to come up with something to 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 make you stand out from the pack um so yeah i i, just, I, I had this idea because at the time i was such a fun loving exciting you know personality and uh, everything else i said well okay why don't we just turn everything on its head why don't i become basically an evil version of myself and uh yeah and at the time i was get, really getting into uh evil doink actually funny enough uh, yeah. <laughs> uh matt Bourne at the time and uh, yeah, the i was like yeah and i just love that character and gimmick and i was yeah. like i mean my my gimmick's very different to that but that was some of the early inspirations i was like i'd like to be like kind of evil villain type character or, or like a or a terry funk or the you know roddy piper um so yeah and at the time when i first did it, it all kind of fell into place it just like at the time so i, I turned myself bad guy and uh at the time i was just getting different stuff r- r- like written on my trunks and um, like different slogans and stuff on, on the back and uh a villain uh in the uk was what we in america they call it heels and faces right. in the uk we'd always call it blue eyes and villains blue eyes being uh, a good guy and, and the villain right. being you know the heel obviously so i just put villain on my on my trunks and uh you know people like oh hey villain villain it, it just kind of stuck so i was like oh i guess i'm not party my anymore i guess i'm the villain mighty scale and then but everything just kept evolving I, and then one day i was about to go out for my match and i just saw an umbrella on the side and i was like ah maybe I should take the umbrella to the ring. That might work. Yeah. I don't know. So I took the umbrella to the ring, but in my head again, it was kind of just me just being silly. Um, and then uh, I did that and I got to the back and I remember one of the boys was like, Hey man, that, that umbrella thing you came out with, that was pretty cool. I was like, Oh, thanks. And then I remember the next week I, um, I had a show somewhere up North and had to fly there. And I was like, Oh, I can't bother to bring an umbrella to the show. No way. So I didn't bother. And then I, once I got off the plane, and someone tweeted me saying, oh, I can't wait to see Marty Skull tonight and his umbrella. So I was like, oh, huh? I better go to the shop and buy it. Better, <laughs> better go get an umbrella. Right. So it just kind of stuck. And, and for me, I feel like it's more of a uh, like a subconscious thing. That was, I, you know, wrestling sort of abroad at the time or, you know, in Europe or everything else. And knowing yeah. I wanted to break out into America, Japan, I was like, oh, this is kind of like a, uh, a subtle nod to where I'm from, the UK. You know, umbrella being pretty yeah. synonymous with... Uh, with the UK, um, but yeah, that, that was it, it. All kind of evolved. Like, okay, maybe I could wear these big fur coats because you know I would just look like I could be idiot. And I like again doing all these shows uh, for these years um, on the holiday camps kind of made me like not scared to try things. And another thing was this, some of these shows you did in the camps. Um, yeah, I was just saying, all those places right, where you got right. to do all the yeah, that's yeah, awesome. And, and some of the shows we did at the camps, they were like some of them were huge, have two thousand people, but some mm. of them would be ten people, and you dress <laughs> them in front of complete silence, you know. And yeah. so, and, and anything you did, you would get reaction. So, like, I was I was never scared to be embarrassed because I was like, you know, yeah. it can't be any worse than that. So if I come to the ring with a silly costume on or whatever, and yeah. people think I look stupid, I. I can't be embarrassed. <laughs> Do you look back now, Marty, and, and say what a great training ground that was? Because right. you really learned how to, what was the reaction from an audience? Like anywhere from 2000 to 10, yeah. you, you probably knew and, and you could try anything. Yes, exactly. That, that, that was actually, yeah, that's completely it. And, you know, lots of the guys, you know, 
did him at the time, like, like guys like Sheamus, who's obviously in WWE now. Like I mentioned before, Daniel Bryan, Nick Aldis, all these guys would uh, would do it. But uh, no, so like I was just never afraid to try anything different. And yeah. uh, I remember at the time, those people were like, "What are you like you, this gimmick? Why are you doing this for? Like, why are you doing that?" And uh, it just became I just became obsessed with the idea of just trying to stand out. How can I be different? What can I do? And everyone at the time was doing big crazy moves and you know all these sort of dangerous moves. I was like, okay, my new finisher. I was like, what's the most boring uh, finisher I can think of? And I was like, I was like, oh, the cross-faced chicken wing. I used to hate Bob Backlund as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's do that. That's an awful move. And I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this boring move and I'm going to try and make it one of the most exciting moves in pro wrestling. And it, just became, it became like a game to me to try and see how you know different and how I could make myself stand out. Um, and then any time i do something and someone else would do the same thing, I'd be like, ah, okay, I'm going to stop doing that now. Maybe I could yeah. do this. Because like I said, I just knew... Uh, I didn't have it, you know, a million one things going for me, so I just needed to stand out in every other aspect. So yeah, it's a developing thing, and it's, it's still to this day now. Um, I'm still constantly thinking, okay, what's the next thing? How can I, you know, what, what's the next? What am I going to add to my repertoire next? What am I going to come up with? How am I going to have a new entrance or a new primer or a new outfit or whatever it might be? Because um, I want to keep the people guessing. I wanted to keep the people intrigued, and uh, you know, they say like it, it's it's my it's the creative satisfaction I get from wrestling is, is my character development. And it's funny because I'll see myself do this stuff and then you'll see other guys um, picking up on it and doing something similar. And so that kind of keeps me on my toes to also, you know, not settle into position I'm in and, and, and try and think constantly, okay, what else can I do? So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a developing, it's a developing thing. And I, and I feel, I still feel like um, I've got so many, miles left in the character it's, it's got you know such long oh, yeah. legs where you just touch on the surface with it so um, yeah. yeah it's exciting yeah marty i don't know if you ever saw the movie clockwork orange oh uh, absolutely I'm but i'm telling yeah. you that's that part of the character like with the umbrella yeah and yeah. and and uh i don't know where did the mask come from because that is a tremendous look i have to tell you when the, that was one of the first things that just grabbed me was that right. just that look uh with that and the umbrella i'm like wow this, yeah this, this is different <laughs> Well, um, funny enough, Alex from Clockwork Orange was a, kind of a, a big uh, inspiration to me just because yeah. of his lingo in, in the film yeah. and the way he would talk. And, and I actually rest, we did a Halloween show a couple of years ago. I actually wrestled as uh, as Alex from Clockwork Orange. But, uh, yeah, that's like that, uh, <laughs> but, that uh, insaneness, but also it's, you know, it's perfectly normal. And sure. it just it's just great. But go on. <laughs> but um, but no, the mask, again, I just, uh, the mask, I remember I was just, I can't even remember the album. But there was an album um, that I was listening to, and on the front, uh, the front of the cover, was this dude wearing like a play doctor. I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. And I was like, at the time, I was trying to experiment with doing different entrances. But at the time, I was just wearing like a, a, essentially my kind of some, like villain glasses and uh, mm-hmm. like you know a fur coat. But I saw this play doctor, and I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. I was like, that would be cool for like an entrance but i meant like yeah. one like a, a one-off do you know what i mean like as i was yeah. doing special yeah. entrances i was like okay next big show i'll wear i'll try this mask out and see you know and see how it goes so i did the show i wore the mask i think people were a bit confused funny enough it was the first this when i wore this mask it was the first time my dad had ever come to watch me wrestle i've been wrestling <laughs> for, for about 10 years and yeah. afterwards he goes and i was like oh what do you think dad bearing in mind you know, there's a big, quite a big show, you know, 1,200 people there. They're all yeah. charting Marty. They're all wearing my T-shirt. And my yeah. dad's like, bloody hell, mate, you look like a right plonker in that mask. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like uh, You might want to uh, define plunker. Plunk, for oh, the... just like an idiot, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I was like, oh, so so 
I just wore it the one time uh, yeah. and went back to wear my glasses. But then, uh, again, this is how social media and, and sort of that connection with the fans helps. Yeah. Kind of like I said before with the umbrella, um, people then would start sending me like um, fan art and uh, pictures of, God. you know, me with this mask and drawing these masks for me and whatnot. And like, you know, and I was like, damn, like this is just something else that's super duper marketable you know if i wore this mask i could put it on t-shirts it can be yeah. a logo it could be synonymous with me and i was always always a big um i've told this story many times but uh, i remember reading a quote from uh, matt groaning who wrote the simpsons and he said yeah. uh he said oh, all great characters could be recognized from their silhouette and that really like stuck with me um and, you know because you looked at homer simpson's silhouette you could tell it's him or bart mm -hmm. you can or marge or whatnot i was like damn he's right and at the time like years ago when i first heard that i was like damn like you know i just i've got a short back and sides i've got i had no face wear at the time and i just wore trunks and, and wrestling boots it's like i'm not trying hard enough to stand out I was like, look at legion of doom look at you know with the face paint and the mohawks and the spikes and look at this guy and all my favorites and it's like I need to stand out. So that's when I cut my hair. All silly. I grew up my facial hair and whatnot. I uh, yeah. got the glasses. But then I was like, oh, this, this is even better. Imagine if I had a mask and a top hat. Like, you're, you're yeah. never going to mistake my silhouette now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so it, it, um, Brilliant. Right. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe we'll, we'll keep it. So then I just uh, kept it. And then then it would be a case of I, was, I wore it a few more times. And I noticed fans coming to shows dressed up as me, um, you know, wearing the, the mask and whatnot. And and that was another thing I always thought of wrestling as well. I, I always like when uh, other guys ask me for advice and whatnot, I say to them, like, OK, well, you know, we're wrestling with, with characters, you know, like like superheroes or, you know, no pun intended villains. But uh, I said it should be. It, it should be easy for a fan to be able to cosplay as you or just you know dress up as you if you know and if it's not then uh, in my head you're doing something wrong mm -hmm. so it's you know if someone dresses up as kane you know they're kane it's easy to do or undertaker or whoever yeah, that be but then if you say you know I, I can't even think of another wrestler but you know a trunks and boots wrestler is kind of like oh and also i think about it as well as in terms of you know what would look cool in an action figure um and uh you know i feel like if my character now had an action figure it'd be like oh that's badass it's got little you know yeah. it's got little props to go with it and yeah got say, it's great. got little extras right so and it's just <laughs> it's just things that resonate with people and they can so they can say marty scale and they can they can instantly it's a recognizable they can think about you know, they can picture it in their head just easy like that boom um and so yeah that's always what i you know like kind of just, again going back to standing out i was like ah that's where our city master the ring and see how that goes <laughs> Well, you know, another big part of this too, Marty, is, and you mentioned it, this connection with your fans and that they're the ones that kind of started this, uh, you know, with you thinking, gee, is it going somewhere? And then they're doing drawings and it's this organic connection that they kind of feel like they're a big part of it too. And uh, that is another huge part of this that they feel like it's theirs. It's, 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 it's uh, and, and if it ever reaches a corporate level, that may change, but now it's theirs and they, and, and there's that incredible connection. Yeah, and that and that's what it is, and as well, it's uh, it's all um, with me. It's all organic as well. It's all yeah. just uh, a lot of stuff I say and do. Is, it's it's the real me. Obviously, they they say in wrestling art, you know, you got to be yourself times a hundred or whatever it might be. But uh, it's true. I'm not trying to portray something that I'm not. Obviously, um, my wrestling character is a lot more extrovert than I am in real life. I don't walk around with a mask and it on, but um, it's still. A big extension of me and i think people can tell that they can mm -hmm. they can tell and they can get behind it it's if if, if someone's talking and they don't believe what they're saying or they're pretending to be something they're not the, the the fans 
they they know it. They can they can they can feel it, and it's it's tough for them to get behind. But I think for me, it's it's raw, it's organic, it's authentic. So it's it's easy for the people to to get behind it. And you know, and, and it's funny. And people, a lot of people, you know, I get sometimes criticised when uh, I think fan, wrestling fans look too much into it and they say, "Oh, you know, these people are cheering for you. You're not a you're not a heel. You're not a real heel." Mm. And I say, "I say, whoa, whoa, whoa! Never said I was a heel. Yeah. A villain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if, people, if the people want to cheer me or boo me, that's down to them. That says more about them than does me. I'm not. You know, I'm just going to be who I am. Um, and uh, you know, that, that's down to them. But the, but the thing is, I was saying these, you know, these." I was doing these promos and I was saying this stuff to try and like strike a nerve of people but at the same time people were going oh you know he's a bit of a dick but you know he's actually, he's kind of right in what he's saying so yeah we like him you know I you know I understand you know pe- lots of people they've, they've had tough times themselves and they've been disheartened and they're like they see themselves as a bit of a, a villain themselves so you know so they can they can relate to me and they can resonate with me so well when it comes down to it you're an entertainer and however that person perceives it you entertain them they want to right. see more Yes. And one thing that's that you guys all have in common, um, and and this you, you can go back to talking about people like Steve Austin or mm-hmm. or The Rock, you even you mentioned that at one point you know you had this chip on your shoulder you were frustrated because you were trying to fit into what you thought uh, other people wanted and and when you guys made this decision Cody and I I'm sure that the Young Bucks were in the same situation finally said you know what. I do it my way, or I, I won't. I won't succeed. I have to do it my way. And is yeah. that really what it came down to for you? And that's when things changed. Yeah, I think things started changing for me when I just stopped caring about what people thought and and and, and trying to um, fit into the rules of of these uh, kind of unwritten, imaginable rules that wrestling has. So, yeah. you know, they say you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do that. But in the end, I was like, do you know what? Like, I'm just gonna do what I want. And uh, you know, the most important thing is to me now. It's just to get over. So, it, it, you know, and it's like, oh, it, it, when you try and think too hard to the wrestling, that's when you just get lost in the shuffle. So, yeah, I think that was a big part of it when I just kind of stopped caring and just kind of just started taking risks, basically, and basically just not being afraid, just not being scared and, and, and you know, prepared to kind of stand up and do something different. I think that was – and that, that's a, that's probably my biggest asset, I'd say, was that I'm just not – I'm not afraid to take risks. So I – if I'm doing a match or whatever it might be or a promo and I, for example, in my head, I'm like, well, I could do this and I know pretty much know for a fact that's going to get a reaction and people are going to respond to that. Um, you know, because it's been a tried and tested formula with other people, but in my head, I'm like, no, let's, let's try this and it might work and it might not. Um, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. And if it doesn't work, it's like, okay, whatever, wash my hands of it and move on. If it does work, though, it's just so much more rewarding. Do you know what I mean? It's just so much more like, yes, I've created something and, and it's paid off. Kind of essentially like the whole all independent of the, of the week. It was an idea concept, um, which seemed like a crazy idea. Um, and then very soon after coming up with it, we realized actually, no, this isn't crazy at all. This is, uh, this is a reality. Um, but I think that's where... Uh, 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 all our guys kind of get along well together because and we gravitate towards each other because we're all we all desire that creative freedom and satisfaction and we 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 all just we always we're always like what's the next thing what can we do what's cool what can we how can we make the wrestling world you know a better place how can we uh you know how can we expand how can we do something different and uh i kind of feel like that's why we kind of gravitate towards each other and uh sort of inevitably all end up getting put, put together in the same group um yeah. 
but no, I think that's it. I think this is you, you can't live your life afraid. You've got to you've got to take risks, and uh, we're risk takers. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was just going to say. You're willing to to, to jump. Uh, you get to the edge of that cliff, and you go. And right. uh, tell me about that relationship, though, with uh, the Bullet Club, uh, as everyone likes to refer to uh, uh, the Young Bucks, you, uh, Cody, you. Uh, tell me about that union with you guys. Yeah, well, um, it's funny because I had when I started with uh, I always known Matt and Nick from years back, probably ten years ago, but we never yeah. we, because I was in Europe there in, in the states, we never really crossed paths too often. Uh, yeah. But then I came to uh, start work with Ring of Honor and just somehow instantly just kind of hit it off with Matt and Nick. Um, yeah. Nick and, Aldis, uh, as you mentioned. Right. And we just instantly just had a connection. Uh, Cause yeah. I, I guess, like I said before, it's that same kind of, you know, coming up with, cause I think I worked, I wrestled with them in like one of our, my first matches and it just went so great. And we, I remember uh, without trying to, you know, um, give people too much of a, an insight. I remember uh, I joked about this sort of crazy um finish to our, to our match and it was it was pretty obscure and i was like it probably won't work and then mm. like, they, the guys were like <laughs> like Mar- like marty that's brilliant let's do it let's do- we have to try it we have to do it i'm like oh. yeah. i was like i was like guys i don't think it's gonna work i'm not sure and they were like hey mate they're like do you wanna they literally looked at me in the eye like, marty do you want to have a great match or do you want to revolutionize the business <laughs> wow. and i was like all right we're doing it and funny yeah. enough we did we did it and it actually came off amazingly and it and it was it was great and it paid off uh but i just remember when he said that to me i was like damn like these guys think like i do, do you know what i mean like uh what event we, was that and what did you do we did um it was it, it was in england uh it was ring of honors tour of england it was my first weekend and it was myself and uh will osprey uh, unlikely tag team teaming up against the young bucks in the main event so this is the main you know the, the main event of the show and basically uh Matt and Nick have removed the uh, the Meltzer driver, which um, which is uh, is Matt has the guy up in a tombstone, and yeah. then Nick jumps to the top rope and does a front flip and uh, does like a spike tombstone with the with a four fifty splash. It's pretty nuts move. It's already yeah, wow. an insane move, right? Already yeah. an insane move. So then I jokes because basically I can't put a match together or talk to people without just telling jokes every two seconds. And I said, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it be better? I was like, wouldn't it be funny? Is if when Nick springboards to do the flip, Osprey also springboards, catches Nick into a hurricanrana, but then he still flips out of the hurricanrana and still hits the Meltzer driver on me <laughs> in the ring. Yeah, um, and you're kidding, right? Right, and I'm and joking. Kind of. I'm, like, I'm just like, uh, just being an idiot, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like messing around. And the guy's like, dude, that's great. <laughs> Let's try it. And I was like, no. And I was like, we can't actually do it. And he's like, no, it's, let's do it. Let's give it a go. And I was like, damn. Yeah. And then, uh, funny enough, like, give it a go. Yeah, give it a go. <laughs> and it very much the main event of the show. And I was like, this is going to be so bad. And, I, and she was like, well, if it doesn't work, just we'll, we'll do something else. We'll get, we'll get to another finish. But then they, they got me up for the tombstone, but I'm upside down, so I can't see anything. Uh, luckily, like I said, it was Nick Jackson and Will Ospreay, who are two of the most athletic wrestlers. Um, you know, in the world, and uh, but I'm upside down, so I can't see anything. So the, the move happens, they hit me, but I, I didn't realize what happened. So, like, he, Tim sends me, boom, and I'm on the mat, and I'm going, Did it work? Did it work? Did it work? Like, what happened? What happened? And that's like, It worked, it worked. I was like, Yes, well, it must have popped. <laughs> yeah, and the, but the, the funny oh. thing was, it was such an odd, it was so much going on. The crowd were like, what, what? like, it was almost like just a gasp. Yeah, what did we just see? Like, they're like, What? The? And then yeah. instantly, just like, 
standing ovation. Just people like, what? Uh, but like, it was just that gasp, like a one second spit where people's like, what on earth have they just done? So, uh, yeah, but that kind of, that, that weekend we kind of, like I said, became, um, uh, you know, really good friends and wanted to always be with each other and bounce ideas off each other. And then, uh, it was funny because we, we started riding together and whatnot. And then, uh, I got the call to, um, come start, uh, working for uh, new Japan. And, mm-hmm. um, the box and everyone else obviously they're in the pillar club already and uh the way new japan kind of works they uh they they they're very based on the stable so pretty much everyone is uh is aligned to a to a group um so you know there's chaos there's lij there's there's bullet club but majority of wrestlers are you know at least in a group and uh yeah they rang me up and they just said okay marty uh we want to join bullet club what do you think? And I was like, uh, I mean, I guess I don't really have, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, I guess so. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I was like, Oh, isn't that funny? I've been hanging out with these guys all the time and now, uh, I'm going to be part of the group, uh, officially. So, uh, yeah. And so now it's like, you know, we're together all the time. We're together every single week, whether it be autograph signings or, you know, wrestling, or, you know, even ring of honor or new Japan. And, uh, yeah, I probably spend more time with those guys than I do my, you know, my, my family and my girlfriend and whatnot, you know, because obviously we're on the road so often. Um, and then, yeah, you, you do. You become, it's cliche, but you, you become like brothers and, uh, yeah. you know, you you bounce ideas of each other and, and you bicker like brothers do. But, uh, no, it's um, it's definitely been like some of the most fun times for me, uh, not just in, in, in my career, but like, you know, in my whole time life. So, uh, yeah, I'm very blessed to, uh, to have friends like them. So what's what's going on with New Japan? I mean, two years ago, a, a lot of people didn't even really know what was going on with them, and now they seem like this huge, uh, you know, uh, organization that is over, you know, overtaking the United States in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, what's happening with New Japan and also Ring of Honor? Um, I just think uh, there's always been a. I spoke to you about this the other day about it. there's always been a cry just for uh, um, alternative products and, and people. Yeah. It, you know, people, uh, they've always wanted it since, you know, WCW died out, ECW died out and people are like, okay, WWE, this is wonderful, but we also, we want more. And there's so many wrestling yeah. fans now where just that same thing's not, not, you know, it's not enough. And so, and I think, um, new Japan's always been great, but it's, it's because of, you know, when I was a kid, it would be a case of trying to, you know, tape trade to try and it was so hard to get hold of this footage but now in the world we live in where everything's so accessible and it's so, you know, it's so, it's so easy to get hold of. People are actually seeing it. So I think that was just the case. Yeah. I think it's just a case of getting eyes on the product and New Japan like that. Like for me, it's 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 like my favorite place to, to work and, uh, and wrestle because it's just, it, I don't know, it's just, it, I talk about organic and authentic and I think they're, um, it, it's just the best example of it. It's just, it's still so well respected and it's so, uh, um you know the people treat it like a, a sport and uh you know the fans are just so they you know they're just they're so invested into everything and they're so respectful and uh yeah i just think some like it, it it makes me laugh so much when um i feel like there's a maybe less so now but there was always like a perception of oh you know japanese wrestling is just guys where they they hit each other hard and they just do loads of stuff and, and, and it's like no that's completely not true if anything the the stories that are told in the ring in japan i don't think can be touched anywhere i think there's the best storytelling uh wrestling in the world i think it's got the best psychology i think mm. uh the excitement if you've been in those buildings and some of those main events where the room's shaking because it's just sheer 
emotion like and connection um with the audience you know just through the storytelling in the ring and i think it's funny when people say that because i watch we now or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and they you yeah. know the guys are doing a million you know a million and one things you know and, and kicking out of 10 finishes and whatnot and you know people think that's that same in japan but that's not the case at all like people everything over there is very protected and uh mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i i love the, the style of wrestling and it seems like a lot of the rest of the world are getting getting the bug as well so uh no, it's um, uh, you know, it's going to continue to grow, and uh, obviously Ring of Honor as well. Working with them, I think it's a it's a great partnership. And um, I mean, look at next year, we've got uh, Madison Square Garden place sold out in a day or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, apparently, apparently the WWE haven't sold out Madison Square Garden for six years or something. You know, yeah, so it's been it's, a while. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, you know, it's it's it, that's how much more evidence do we need? Then okay. These fans want something new and something exciting, and uh, we're, we're giving it to them. Yeah, and you've seen these crowds get getting bigger and bigger. Uh, uh, let's get to what we just experienced this past week with All In. And um, like I said, I think we've seen a seismic shift in not just independent wrestling, Marty, but the, the world of professional wrestling. Um, uh, let's first let's let's get right to it and talk about your match. Of course, you know the buzz on the internet is the controversy surrounding your match with Okada uh, and the length of it, and people saying it, it uh, went too long and the reason you didn't come out for the curtain call. Uh, can you s- settle that right away so we can uh, talk about what a tremendous event it was? <laughs> yes. Uh, normally I don't like to reveal the curtain uh, back too yeah. much, but in this case I will. Uh, no, me and we didn't, we didn't actually we went a minute over, um, but we didn't go. <laughs> people were saying like 14 minutes over. No, 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 yeah. no. The, the, okay. the show the show ran 14 minutes over so yeah. a bunch of the other matches went over. which is incredible that it was only 14 minutes right <laughs> but yeah. like a bunch of the other matches went over but obviously i guess we, we i guess our match was crucified because um because obviously we were the match on just before last um yeah do you know what i mean like so it looks like oh these guys went over but it's like no 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 the show went over and just before yeah. i uh before i went out uh, Nick Jackson said to me, Ricardo, I just said, guys, whatever you do, don't cut anything. Just do whatever you do. Even if we go on dark tonight, uh, it's fine. Just do do what you got to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, so I obviously took that from the boss's mouth. It's funny. We were like, you, were, you guys were 14 minutes over. And I was like, okay, so we did 26 minutes. So you're yeah. suggesting that they booked a, a semi-main with like months and months right. build to have a 12-minute match? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, no, but that's obviously um, – it. It, it's finally these ideas people get in their heads and uh, stuff you, you read in the uh, the dirt, you know dirt sheets or whatnot. I just think like like a lot you know a lot of these guys who do that stuff. I you know I respect and it's, it's great. People can make a business from that, but then sometimes they just read stuff and go, wow, this is just uh, just wrong. I, like, I'm, like it exposes them. I'm like, well, this, so is, wrong, this yeah. is a complete lie. Like this is a made yeah. up thing, you know. Uh, and it, well, and it, it what's also interesting about Marty, it, it, it was. I mean, nobody said it wasn't a tremendous match. Right. They lo- you know, they loved every minute yeah. of it. And I think and to have. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, and I think like, um, you know, Nick was, uh, I think he said the next day, I think his wife was like, oh, my, I think he might have joked about it. I mean, like, my, he went 40 minutes over, but like, as like a joke, you know. Um, right. But so that, that's sort of the narrative has been spread. But no, we got told just before we went out, don't kind of think, do your thing. We did go a minute over, so I'm guilty of that. Um, but like I said, the whole the whole show uh, was running over. And in terms of the, uh, the curtain call, um, I didn't. I didn't know what was going on. None of us, like, I think it was a spontaneous thing. I was in, I was in the semi-main match, right? So I finished my match. 
I'd cooled down or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I was in the shower. I didn't know what was going. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a clue. And I'm pretty sure they, uh, they cut the monitors in our room after, you know, because it would be gone off air. Um, so I, uh, this has happened a whole, like, this, it's funny because this has happened a whole bunch of times at Ring of Honor shows. Because majority of Ring of Honor shows, um, you know, we'll come out at the end, the Bullet Club will come out and we'll do a bit. And right. it's happened many a times. So I've been in the ring with Cody and they're like, Bucks, Bucks, get out here. Come on, Bucks. And they've been in the shower. No idea what's going on. Um, yeah. And uh, we just sit there in the ring like idiots and that's that. And it's happened, you know, when I've not made it to the ring before because, I don't know, there's just so much going on. You don't, and we never talk about it. And say, hey, guys, at the end of the show, let's all go to the ring. And it just, it just happens sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. I was none the wiser. And then I, I'd, and then I'd go out of the shower whenever. And then Matt came up to me and was like, oh, where were you, dude? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, we're in the ring. We were calling for you. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, so, no, it doesn't mean that I'm uh, leaving the Bullet, Bullet Club just yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> not just yet. People come up with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, folks, there you have it, the, the scoop from, from the source, okay? Let's put I'm it sure to rest. I'm sure people will hear a million and one different stories to what I just yeah. told you, but that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my yeah. story. But um, uh, looking at the, the event itself overall, and um, I don't know how much you got a chance to see from behind the curtain, but uh, start to finish, um, really, uh, what was your overall view of, of what you guys did that night? Um, it, it, to me, it was one of the... I haven't seen all of it completely yet. I still need to get to it. But uh, from what I have seen, I feel like it's the greatest show of all time. Like it just yeah. had so much and, and just something for everyone. And uh, it, it, there was so many things that um, that I'd come again, kind of like I said earlier, like when you come up with ideas and you watch them happen and then uh, and, and the people react to it. It's such a huge buzz. And on that show, there's there lots of things, uh, you know, like the Battle Royal. I've been arguing for ages. Let's do a Battle Royal. Let's do a Battle Royal. And uh, obviously we worked uh, the whole flip getting booked in yeah. the show that way and uh yeah. the jerry ryan thing we all kind of put together and you know it was it was just completely ridiculous but in my head i'm like and, <laughs> and, and we nearly cut like some of that stuff we were going to cut because like the boys were getting nervous towards like the week uh, the week leading into it like oh maybe we shouldn't do it maybe it's too much of a risk i'm like yeah that's why we need to do it like it's yeah. gonna you know what i mean we need to take these risks yeah. um and uh the, the jericho stuff in the pentagon outfit was another idea yeah. i had and uh, sort of stuff so then sit there and watch it um you know super duper cool like i don't think i'd ever want to be a, like a, a booker of a wrestling promotion because then that's a really stressful job and uh you know one that i you know i'm a performer but i do love uh you know suggesting ideas and throwing it out there um so no it was um yeah i just think what like just uh it's just the best way i describe it is it's just a party just a celebration a celebration of pro wrestling at a big party and i think we put on a we were just you know fantastic hosts if i don't mind saying myself myself but the fact you know the fans all came out and uh yeah. they loved every second of it so what you know what you get you see these people online saying oh the show ran too long and uh or this happened and oh, oh they only did they only did eleven thousand people who do do twenty thousand people it was like dude look everyone there is having the time of their lives so, you know, oh if they're God. happy yeah. can you not just be happy do you know what i mean like <laughs> it's uh those folks would have taken another five hours if you would have oh, given sure. it to them yeah. i mean they just loved every minute and and you mentioned it was a celebration marty mm -hmm. and uh i tell you like i said at when we started talking here i didn't know what to expect when i went you know conrad uh got me involved in it the months back when he just when he's trying to put this what he called a podcast convention yeah but you know i said I, i'm in you know i i just knew it was going to be uh, something i didn't want to miss but really um the one thing that I said that really struck me is when uh, they had the little impromptu meeting in the green room for the weigh-in, which 
who knew why we needed to weigh in. But right. but when Cody was up on the chair and he's just talking about, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. And it was so fun. I mean, you could just tell everybody was just having a good time. There was no, there was no stress. Nobody right. worried about what was going to happen. And that pretty much gave me the idea. This is how this whole event has gone yeah. from start oh, yeah. to finish. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, that's what I yeah. – for us, that that's what it should be as well. Like you don't want to, yeah. you know, if you dream of becoming a professional wrestler and you do it, like you don't want to have to worry about, oh, am I going to get in trouble for this? Am I going to do? Yeah. Did I do this wrong? Everything else, like you, you just got to go out there and have fun. That press conference, I didn't know about until the day, and then I'm like, oh, and even when I'm stood backstage, I'm like, oh, I got to go on stage now and uh, do something for the vans. I didn't know what I was going to say, what I was going to do. I was just like, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. Because, again, if people see you having fun, they, they can have fun. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's that's all we, we try and do. We, we, we'll try and put things on. Like, okay, what would we be like to see? And a lot of times it would be like, you know, if we find this funny, these people will find it funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we I, I feel like we're totally comfortable with, you know, who we are. And uh, it shows. Um, and yeah, that was the event wants to be like this. This just just make it fun. And uh, and yeah, and I feel like when you do that, it, it takes a lot of pressure off you, and uh, you can really go the you know the whole hog and uh, you know make something special. And uh, I think we did. Yeah. Well, I know it's very very difficult for you uh, to decide whether or not to become a professional singer or, or stay in the <laughs> ring because I uh, I know uh, you're renowned as as uh, Cody <laughs> describes your voice of an angel. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> how did that all come about? And and before you you say uh, tell me about that though, is that. Uh, as I mentioned, it is about entertaining people. Yeah. And when you get into the uh, up on the stage and you do the karaoke, people are just having a great time, and it's Marty uh, Skrull up there. And then when you're in the ring as that as the villain, it, they they accept it all, and they just want to be entertained. So, uh, how did that all start, though? Because it is this. Uh, it's it's part of what goes on. It's yeah. I mean, again, that was everything that seems to start always always kind of starts as, as a rib. It was just uh, you know we always float ideas on um on our on our YouTube show and we always trying to come up with like little angles and storylines and uh, I just I don't even know why, but um, I guess I was just constantly singing like you know in the car with the boys and just acting like an idiot, and I was like, oh, wouldn't it be really funny if um. I don't even know why I had the idea. I was like, if I uh, told you guys I was quitting the show because I wanted to go um, seek my real passion of being a uh, famous uh, pop singer. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're just like, and it's like, we'll just start singing every episode. Um, and the guy's like, oh, that's, that's hilarious. Let's do that. Yeah. And obviously I can't sing, you know, to save my life. But it was just, uh, again, we're just trying to come up with city content and whatnot. Um, but yeah, within like, one or two episodes that the, the people just the reaction to it was just ridiculous just people i don't know i guess like people just know i don't take myself too seriously and that's, it's a very british humor thing as well like this kind of self-deprecating style yeah um yeah. you know i'm not a- afraid to you know slip on the banana peel and make a bit of a of an idiot of myself if it means entertaining people um so yeah that was the idea and just every week on the show it's got bigger and bigger just like the people the response to it just like oh mighty sing sing and then it was a case of i was in the ring once and uh after the show we're doing a post-match uh speech i actually made it to this one and uh cody put me on the spot he's like ladies and gentlemen mighty skulls now i'm gonna sing for you and i was like oh (laughs) and honestly that the first time i did it i actually i was in the ring and i was 
I was I was shaking. I was very nervous as I bloody hell. Um, <laughs> but then I kind of got it. You know, I did it the one time. I was like, dude, this isn't like you have to be good at singing. It's just like you just got to throw yourself into it and um, entertain people. And you know, you see the, the the smiles on people's faces. And it's funny because a lot of the fans they come to like uh, a Ring of Honor show, especially like if we're doing TV taping. Some of them are super duper long shows, four or five hours long because they're taping yeah. four tapings. Um, and they'll come up to me and say, man, the highlight of the show was you guys at the end of the show. And when you sang that song, that was the best part of the show. And I'm like, but I was, yeah. like, I was like, that's not even a part of the show. You know, <laughs> like, that's just us being silly. But like, it is. Right. And uh, I think it is they, now. It is now. But I guess the yeah. people, they just like, they like it when they, you know, that curtain's just being drawn back a little bit and they're invited in. I think that's what, I think that's what they like about it. And yeah. where they're like, okay, you know, the, the show's over now, but these guys are going to interact with us on a, on a personal level. Uh, and I think that's really, um, what the, the enjoyment they get out of it, as opposed to, uh, my beautiful singing voice of an angel. <laughs> yeah. And it was quite a performance. I've never quite heard sexy boy done, oh, good uh, Lord. before like that. <laughs> well, and, uh, folks, that was my idea. Like, oh, you do a karaoke session, whatever. And it was one of those things. I was like, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And then when I actually got to it, I was like, damn, how am I going to entertain people for like an hour and a half of just me and a karaoke <laughs> machine? <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Oh, it was fun. I, I, you know, I just stopped over there and I ended up staying for yeah, most of it. Good Lord. Uh, but it was, it was a blast. And, and uh, it is, it's just that you, you really connect with these people. Um, another huge part of this, Marty is the he's the merchandise. This is what I love about a, a, a lot of this is like you mentioned, it's the organic thing. But this has opened up a huge uh, income opportunity for you guys. And I know people like the Young Bucks and um, you know Cody, and you've got this unbelievable merchandise stream. Uh, how big of a part of your income is it? You don't have to give me numbers, but percentage wise, of of what this kind of stuff is doing for your career and being able to help you make. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a massive part of it. It, You know, it could be, I mean, percentages, I, I, I I presume I could work it out, but it could even be as much as 50%, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's such a huge part of it. And I think people, when they go out and they, they buy our shirts or whatever it might be, or hoodies, whatever, I feel like it's, uh, it's a statement for them. It's like, a you know, okay, I know there's wrestling on the telly, but, uh, you know, I like something different, and that's where I'm going to wear this Bullet Club and, and a T-shirt or whatever it might be. And it's almost like I'm, you know, I'm a member of this group of fans that uh, that want this alternative. So that's what that's the way I look at it, I, I think, in terms of uh, the shirts and whatnot. For me, personally, it's always been a case of just trying to create like cool looking stuff that people can wear and not be like embarrassed off. And, you know, and I don't think, okay, how can I make a shirt that would be cool to not just wrestling fans, but you know, anyone like there's, there's lots of brands out there that like, I don't know, rip curl is a brand makes, you know, for surfboarders, but still other people wear it. And there's loads of brands like that. I'm like, Oh, okay, well, why can't I make my stuff like that? You know, I can, it's, it's, a, it's based around a wrestler and wrestling, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to look at the bigger picture. I'm like, how can I get you know, the whole world to wear it? You know, rather than just yeah, no, it, is. It, it goes way beyond those lines, right, Marty. You know, really? So, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, it's almost like a uniform. Um, so yeah, yeah, for me, it's always again, it's just another way for me to be creative. Oh, this would be cool. I'd on a shirt. This would be fun. Like, what would I like to wear? Um, so yeah, it really, it really took off when we got the deal with um, Hot Topic, and uh, yeah, our stuff got in there, and now we're just you know 
and you know the t-shirts are always in there and they're constantly in the top 10 sellers and you know sometimes we even hit like the best-selling shirts in there which is just insane when you think they stock like marvel and harry potter and, and disney and all this stuff and then there's like our stuff yeah. you know best-selling stuff so uh again it's just and i think like it's just the fans they know they know that's how we make an income and they know like okay well the wrestling on the show you know there's only a thousand people there but you know we can help support them if we buy this shirt or pro wrestling tees or we buy this from hot topic or or whatever it might be so it's almost like <laughs> the fans they 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 want to spot they, they want to support us and they know by buying like our stuff like the money a lot of the money is going directly to us and that's what you know people they want to help they want to support so um yeah, yeah it's it's a, it's a massive part of our of our heart act for sure and it is amazing that you see this uh, this merchandise in Hot Topic. Uh, right. You know that it's it's just like mainstream for everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, so where do you where do you see all of this leading? Where do we go from here? Because I said I, I, the the world has changed in professional wrestling. Whether you know, uh, but where where do you think it goes from here? Well, honestly, I I just think it's gonna. Honestly, I just feel like it's gonna continue to grow, and I honestly you know see. The business changing in the sense that like i don't know how much longer it's going to be a case of you know everyone wanting just to work for like the one company i think people are going to have a choice now okay because before 10 years ago there was probably a case of you either want to make money in this business you go there or you don't and you know you don't make money but now it's mm-hmm. like the, the the boys they 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 have a choice the fans they have a choice and it just makes for a better time in the business and um yeah i can see you know continuing to to grow from, from strength to strength and uh you know it's it, it it's exciting for me as a performer to be in this time and to have so much choice and you know amazing places to work and just good places to earn money um i think that's the big key is just to uh you know we can't wrestle forever so while we do we need to make an impression and and make that money so we can you know live our lives um and uh, you know the fans that they keep coming and and you know that's, which means we can do this so uh now i can honestly without giving away too much i just uh, a lot of big things are going to be coming soon and uh it's going to create for maybe the most exciting time in wrestling for sure yeah and that's that's amazing and i don't know if you uh consider yourselves trailblazers but you know marty really um you guys uh, are are allowing in uh, these other boys that you work with the and i should say ladies as well but to control your own destiny that that was a that's been a a big change because before when you had promoters who basically controlled the business and this is even back in the territory days maybe you had more creative freedom yeah but really as far as where you want to be and it's really now it's it's in your hands and i i think it's it's tremendous i i I, you know it's like i said i don't know where it's going to go but you said you know big things are coming and i can't wait to watch it yeah well no i appreciate that so that that means a lot coming from you obviously i still watch you uh you know uh, back in the day and uh that's really cool to, to hear that from you and uh yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, obviously any of uh, my fans that are listening, you know, just uh, I'm a villain, but I do uh, I do love each and every one of them very dearly. And, uh, you know, like as cliche as it is, it's it's down to them, you know, is the reason why I get to do what I what I, what I do. So, uh, yeah, without them, there is no villain. There is no all in. There is nothing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's all down to the uh, the fans. And, uh, you know, if uh, if you keep supporting, we'll keep We'll be performing. That's, that's how it works. And, uh, <laughs> and another thing I want to tell you, Marty, and this is what, that, what I saw, it was old school and new school. You know, a lot of these guys that for from back in my day, even before, were a part of this. You, you guys brought them in, 
And the, the thing that really stood out to me was respect on both sides. It was the, uh, the old school guys just appreciating that you guys are, are upholding uh, what they, the, the ground that they laid, that the pavement they laid here, laid here. And you guys have a great respect for the business. And I think for a while they thought that was slipping away. Right. And I had many conversations. I sat at the bar with uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, for a, an hour, and uh, he said that that he was just so impressed with this new generation, yeah, with you guys. So but, it, it really, it's just, it's tremendous to see. Well, you got to remember as well, it's like a lot of these guys as well. Uh, you say like the older guys, whatnot, but like we, we, all, you know, this. If you're a wrestler in 2018, chances are you grew up a massive wrestling fan because right. you know back in the 80s and stuff, you know business was booming. People might have just decided to become wrestlers just because it was a way of earning money. But um, you know, at least until now, if you've been a wrestler, it's probably because you you know grew up as a as a massive wrestling fan. So yeah, we we go backstage and I see Sergeant Slaughter or I see yourself and I think, oh bloody, hell, I used to watch these guys on TV when I'm little. So that's cool for me. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. and I can you know, I'm, I'm sure. I speak for the other guys as well it's like oh damn that's you know whoever and uh, it's exciting for us so of course it's you know it's super cool to be able to get those people involved in what we're doing and um you know and, and learn from from you know guys who've been there kind of before us and uh yeah for them to still be involved and uh yeah it's uh no i agree with that i actually thought about that as well during the whole time of starcast just how cool yeah. it was that we were kind of on that same sort of level playing field and uh, how many just yeah just cool personalities that were there and just uh yeah they all came in for the party it was um it was a great time yeah and cody uh, has carried on that tradition uh i am Sure, his father was looking down and, oh, and smiling with great pride uh, that uh, you know Cody has kept that um, that legacy alive. Absolutely, no, it was uh, that was super cool. And also another cool thing about that is obviously as good a friend as Cody is, uh, myself, uh, Nick actually as well. He uh, we've been we've been best friends for uh, since we were you know since we got started in the business you know, sort of fifteen years ago, and um, he he. You know, had a lot of success in wrestling very early on, and uh, I feel like the last, like, if you asked him a year or two ago, he kind of got, you know, a bit disheartened in the business. Uh, kind of like I said about before, before I was a villain, I feel like he was in similar shoes then, and uh, you know, not everything had gone his way, and uh, just to, to watch where he's where he's come, like from where he was then to where he is now, is just uh, it's been super duper cool uh, to watch him grow and uh, you know take that NWA belt, uh, you know, which people call a dead brand, and then go on to make it mean something and uh, to go out there and, and get that reaction, what they did and make that belt, you know, just mean something again. It was just uh, super cool to see. And even though he lost the match, I think he, uh, he definitely comes out of that show like a much, uh, you know, his, his brand much stronger than it was before. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing the future of, uh, of, him as, of him as well and the NWA to be fair. Yeah. And um, you know, many of my listeners are, uh, they listen because they love that era of the 80s and 90s and i've had you know all these superstars on and so i uh i imagine you're going to be getting a lot of new fans uh from them listening to this podcast because uh i really when i before i left i said i've got to get that guy on and, he, <laughs> and really and now you know i feel like my podcast is now evolving because before i thought oh gee would they want to listen to these people and then i said hell yes because yeah. this is the new gen this is the new generation and you know what it's in good hands. Yeah. Sure. And, and really, uh, uh, Marty, what is the best way for folks to follow you, get in touch with you? Uh, 
How, how can they follow you? Well, of course, uh, if you want to follow me in terms of seeing what we get up to every week, we have the, uh, the YouTube show uh, on YouTube, Being the Elite. Um, you know, we put so much of our hard work into, into these videos. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a constant thing every week. We're coming up with ideas. And then when we meet at the weekends, we spend the majority of our times filming it. You know, it's kind of funny. We always joke how I'm sure a lot of, uh, we're out, you know, without sounding disrespectful but you know back in the day in the wrestling i feel like it was a case of the guys would wrestle the shows and then they'd go out and party and, and do whatever it was uh but now it's a case that we finish our shows and we're back in the hotel rooms filming scenes and uh editing <laughs> stuff and just acting like idiots you know what i mean i'm yeah. singing and whatever it is um so uh yeah you can watch us on there um that, that, that's a super uh fun thing we do for the fans but of course uh, social media um twitter and instagram i do uh if you want to see my new pup winston um my Instagram's a great place for that. Uh, it's uh, it's just it's all one word uh, for Twitter and Instagram. It's just Marty Skell. And uh, Skell is S-C-U-R-L-L. I know people get confused, but uh, if they think of S-C-U, the team, they can uh, hopefully that'll make them remember that the, uh, the U does indeed come before the R. So yeah, give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Um, like I said, I always post up on there and uh, it's a great place for us to, um, even, you know, just uh, our character development and, uh, everything else but uh yeah give me a follow and uh oh if you want to if you really want to support you can go to uh, Paris and Tees and uh pick up a a villain tea that'd be lovely <laughs> yeah, do you have a direct address to that or you just go pro wrestling uh, ProWrestlingTees.com uh, forward yeah. slash Marty Scale. but if you go on the main yeah. site you'll probably be able to find me pretty easy from there but yeah forward yeah, slash Marty but... Scale, and then I've got like 100 designs in there so uh, go crazy do you do design work <laughs> yourself or you have I, I have people to do it but I, a lot of times yeah. I'll come up with the concept input and I yeah. can't draw at all but I'll, I'll you know I'll sketch out something terribly on the back of a receipt maybe and <laughs> take, take a picture of it and send it to one of the boys but uh, I know we I normally come up with uh the ideas but sometimes i you know sometimes a designer would just send me something would you like this i'm like whoa that came out of nowhere and uh it's really cool but that, i think again that helps with having um that kind of that strong character it's it's, it's easier to come up with yeah. ideas i guess for uh shirts and stuff but yeah uh if you want to go in there then uh, that'd be great but uh yeah thanks for uh, like i said for the uh, support and uh yeah i'll have to um listen to the podcast who have you had on the podcast that any good wrestlers Oh, just a few here now and then. You check out iTunes, and uh, you'll love some of the, the guys that we've had uh, on. Um, you, you know, hearing their their stories, and and they are they're all a lot of them are really fascinating stories. Marty Skrull, you are uh, an absolute pleasure. I, I I will be following you, sir. You guys made some big fans uh, a fan of me over the weekend. I'm telling you, and uh, folks, as he said, right from Marty Skrull here, uh, there is a lot ahead, Marty. Thank you so much for coming on Primetime with Sean Moody. That was a pleasure. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it.